So once again, we are continuing on our series on Sunday morning called King's Kids. If you're here with us today, we have just been um, uh, right in the middle of this series that we're calling King's. And I need to ask for a favor of every kid who's in this room right now. If you guys would raise your hands. Every child in the room right now, if you would raise your hands. You know how your parents showed you how to give and your parents showed you uh, uh, how to worship. Now I'm going to ask that you would show your parents how to pay attention. Okay? You, you need to give me one of your eyes. And the other eye I need you to have just in the corner of your eye. Kind of keep your eye on your parent. And if they start to go... You just elbow them, okay? This is something that we always have to work on one time at least before we get into the message. So if every child in the room right now would go ahead and elbow your parent. If you're next to your sibling, do not elbow your sibling. But just your parent. Go ahead and give them a good elbow, okay? Is every parent in the room awake right now? All right. Then if you're awake, if you would, go ahead and grab your Bibles today. Kids, uh, again, what we're doing is we're just going through, you know, David, King David, you've probably heard of King David, that from King David all the way down to Jesus is one line, okay, and, and in that line you find multiple kings, his, his sons and his son's sons and his son's 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 all the way down, you can follow the line of King David and eventually end up in Matthew chapter 1 at Jesus. And so what we're doing as part of this series is we are following that line of King David and we're just talking through little stories that we find in the Bible um, that follows that line of King David. So stories from the various kings. Okay, now there's a couple things I need to say about this, kids. First off, one of the things that I loved when I was growing up, when we went to, uh, for a little while, we went to this little tiny church that did not have a kid's pastor like Pastor Caleb. And we didn't have kid's church like you guys have kid's church. So every single Sunday, I sat in with my parents as the pastor would get up on the stage and drone on and on and on and on. And what I used to do is every single Sunday is I would pull out my Bible and I would just start to read the stories that I found in the Bible. And so the, what we're going to do is we're going to read one of those stories today. But I'm going to encourage you that even if you're just barely beginning to read, that you would grab one of those Bibles today that should be spread out in the seats around you. Um, you might be able to find a Bible on your parents' phone if they didn't bring one to church with them today, but grab one of those Bibles so that you can follow along. I am giving you permission right now to read, just start reading the story. Read along as much as you can and then read the stories right around what we're reading as well. I do not give you permission to play on a phone. I do not give you permission to play on your parents' tablet. And that's like their one saving grace today. So instead, if you would grab a Bible, and there should be spread out throughout the seats. And, and, and today, I'm not going to be reading. Normally, I read from the ESV, the uh, English Standard Version. I think that's what it stands for. But instead, I'm going to be reading from the NCV, which is the New Century Version, which if you were looking for a good version of the Bible for your kids, this would be a great Great version. It's, it's very true to the original language while also making it understandable. So that's the one I'm going to be reading from. 
Uh, kids, if you don't have a new century version this morning, your words may be a little different. But it's the same Bible. So go ahead and grab those Bibles. Once you have them, open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 24. 2 Chronicles chapter 24. And I need to give you a really quick backstory here. Okay, really quick backstory, backstory to our kids because we're picking up right where we left off last week. So this is like that last time at praise, okay? So this is quick backstory of where we're at. So we've found, followed this line of the King David, and we're at a guy named Joash. Last week we talked about the fact that there was an evil queen whose name was Athaliah. And this evil queen tried to do away with the entire line of David, all of the children of David. She just set out in order to kill them. Because she wanted to wipe out the line of David. But even as she was seeking to wipe out the line of David, what she did not know is that God had a plan for the line of David. And it leads to Jesus. Which means no matter how hard she tried, she would not be able to wipe them out. So we read the story of how, in spite of the fact that she was wiping out the rest of them, there was one left by the name of Joash. And at the age of one year old, there was a woman whose name was Jehoshabeth who took that child, stole him away, along with his nurse, and, and, and she and her husband, who was a priest by the name of Jehoiada, hid him in the temple for six years until he grew to be seven years old. Okay? Then at the age of seven, that priest, whose name was Jehoiada, instituted what's called a coup. Now, you all need to know what a coup is in case you ever want to do it. It's when you overthrow the government, Okay? Everybody's got that. Try to take over the world. No, that is not in the Bible. That's pinky in the brain, okay? That's a totally different thing. So, so that they, Jehoiada gets everybody together and says, here's the real king, and they get rid of the queen, um, and they, have, they set Joash on the throne. At seven years old, he becomes the king. So we're picking up right after he becomes the king at seven years old, Joash. And that's in 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 1. So grab your Bibles, and we're going to read a little bit of this today. 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 1. Does anybody remember Pinky and the Brain in here? Hallelujah. All right. 2 Chronicles chapter 24, verse 1. Joash was seven years old when he became king. And he ruled 40 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Zibiah, and she was from Beersheba. Joash did what the Lord said was right as long as Jehoiada the priest was alive. And Jehoiada chose two wives for Joash, and Joash had sons and daughters. So Joash was seven years old when he became the king, which means he was the youngest king of Judah. Does anybody know who he beat by one year? Josiah, Pastor Caleb, would you get that man a fidget spinner? <laughs> yes, Josiah was eight years old. So Joash was even younger than that, beats him by a year. Um, and he becomes the youngest king of Judah, seven years old. Can you imagine? Is anybody in here seven years old? Is anybody in here seven years old? Somebody seven years old? Can you imagine... That at seven years old, you became the president of the United States. Okay? Is anybody in here the parent of a seven-year-old? 
Can you imagine your child at the age of seven becoming the ruler of a nation? You can imagine that that child would probably need a little bit of help. And yet, Joash's dad died when he was one year old. Never knew his father. And his mother is listed here. Her name was Zibia, which means gazelle. Um, so she was either a really fast runner or something, but her name was Gazelle, Azibia. But we, this is the only time she's mentioned in Scripture. She's not mentioned before this. She's not mentioned after this. This is it. It just says, and his mother's name was. We don't know if she was on the scene. We don't know if she was a part of the purge of Athalia. We don't know what happened to her. But as far as we know, only, the only people that Joash has is his nurse, Jehoshaphat, and Jehoiada. Now, Jehoiada had taken quite a risk to get Joash on the throne. And yet, in spite of that, he didn't just stop there. See, because for someone becoming king, there was no school of young kings in Judah. How a young king would learn how to be the king is by watching his father be the king. And yet, Joash didn't have that. And so instead of that, what happened was Jehoiada kind of took him under his wing. And you read that. It says that all of the years of his life, or Joash did what the Lord said was right as long as Jehoiada, the priest, was alive. If you're seven years old, you need somebody to help you. If you're the ruler of a nation, you need somebody to say, just stay off of Twitter and you'll be okay. Every 70-year-old, I mean seven-year-old, needs to have that. Right? Someone to come alongside of them. <clears throat> but Jehoiada doesn't stop when Joash becomes king. And he would have had every right to. You know how old Jehoiada was at this point? He was over 90 years old. And yet at over 90 years old, maybe that's why he took the risk with the coup to begin with. Because, I mean, if, he, if he's killed, if it doesn't work out, he just loses his life, which he's already lived 90 years. So he has lived a long time, and yet in spite of the fact that really, quite honestly, he could have handed it off to somebody else. He could have mailed it in. He didn't. At 90 plus, he takes Joash under his wing and shows him. And, and even when you read there, verse 3, what does Jehoiada do? He chooses the spouse for Joash. Whose job is that? That's the father's job. Every father should be able to choose their child's spouse, right? Can I get an amen? He's doing what a father should do. And let me just say here that being a father has very little to do with genetic material and has a whole lot to do with the actions and the choices that are made. And Jehoiada makes the decisions that a father would make, takes Joash under his wing, and all of the years that Jehoiada is alive, Joash does what is right before God. Man, I am so blessed. We talked already about how blessed I am to be the pastor of this church. But let me also say that I am blessed to be a congregant and a member of praise. Because just this last week, I was talking to Pastor Caleb, and he was telling me about what happened at the Royal Ranger powwow. 
Let me just say that I am blessed to know that my son is going to be mentored by great men in this church. People that I look at and I say, oh man, if he gets how to worship from that person. And boy, if he gets how to treat people who are, who are maybe less fortunate from that person. And if he can grasp just a, little, just a little taste of what it means to be kind from that person. Man, we were talking about even just how Pastor Caleb has, we want, okay, if you wonder where Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries fits into what the ministries of praise are, we want all of the ministries, the children's ministries of praise to work together. So what's happening on Sunday morning in kids' church is not disconnected from what's happening in Sunday schools, is not disconnected from what's happening on Wednesday nights because they are unique and very specific things. And what's happening in Royal Rangers is awesome. And when I look at the girls' ministries leaders, I say, oh, man. If my daughter looks like her when she gets older, that's what I want. See, because what Jehoiada is doing is that same thing. He could have mailed it in at 90 plus, but he doesn't stop there. It's not just about filling a need. We are so thankful for every Sunday school teacher, everybody who volunteers in the kids' ministry, every single Royal Ranger leader and every girls' ministry leader because they are all vital parts of raising our kids. Quite honestly, we can't do it on our own. We need other people who maybe say the same things but our kids listen to. <laughs> and so I'm so thankful for the fact that there are Jehoiadas in this church who take and put in the extra effort in order to mentor my children and your children as well. Because Jehoiada here fulfills a vital function for Joash, who otherwise would have had no one. So Jehoiada ministers to Joash in that way. And you keep reading and it says... Later, Joash decided to repair the temple of the Lord, so he gets this. He figures it out. He understands that this is something that we need to do because the problem was, and we'll get to it in just a bit, his own grandma and her sons, before they had all been carried off, they actually had destroyed and messed up the temple. We'll get to that in just a moment. Later, Joash decided to repair the temple of the Lord, so he called the priests and the Levites together and said to them, Go to the towns of Judah and gather the money all the Israelites have to pay every year, their temple tax. Use it to repair the temple of your God. Do this now. But the Levites did not hurry. So King Joash called for Jehoiada, the leading priest, and said to him, Why haven't you made the Levites bring in from Judah and Jerusalem the tax money that Moses, the Lord's servant, and the people of Israel used for the holy tent? And in the past, the sons of wicked Athaliah had broken into the temple of God and used its holy things for worshiping the Baal idols. So they had taken things out of the temple in order to worship false gods and idols. So King Joash commanded that a box for contributions be made. And they put it outside at the gate of the temple of the Lord. Then the Levites made an announcement in Judah and Jerusalem telling people to bring to the Lord the tax money Moses, the servant of God, had made the Israelites give while they were in the desert. And all the officers and people were happy to bring their money. And they put it in the box until the box was full. 
When the Levites would take the box to the king's officers, they would see that it was full of money. And then the king's royal secretary and the leading priest's officers would come and take out the money and return the box to its place. They did this often and gathered much money. King Joash and Jehoiada gave the money to the people who worked on the temple of the Lord, and they hired stone workers and carpenters to repair the temple of the Lord. They also hired people to work with iron and bronze to repair the temple. And the people worked hard, and the work to repair the temple went well. And they rebuilt the temple of God as it was before, but even stronger. When the workers finished, they brought the money that was left to King Joash and Jehoiada. And they used that money to make utensils for the temple of the Lord, utensils for the service in the temple, and for the burnt offerings, and bowls and other utensils from gold and silver. And burnt offerings were given every day in the temple of the Lord while Jehoiada was alive. So all of Jehoiada's life, then the worship is going on in the temple the way it was supposed to be done. Because Joash said, okay, I want you to compel them to give. And they couldn't compel them to give. So instead they said, let's set up this box right outside the temple and let people come and bring it themselves. And people came gladly. And, and I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but kids, I really want to talk to you for a moment. Because the people who are around you right now, some of them you don't even know. They believe in you. And they want to see this church minister to you. They want to see good things happen in your life. And they want to see you have an opportunity to worship and to, to be a part of what's going on in this church in a place that is beautiful, that is nice, and is a great place to worship God. And that's why, just a moment ago, we took up an offering. In order that the space that you worship God in would be nice. And yet... We don't compel them to give. We just offer the opportunity. And people are giving gladly. Why? Because they want you to worship in a nice space. They want it to make sure that it's effective in worship. But kids, they're not the only ones who need to do it. In fact, I've already talked to Pastor Caleb. And next Sunday, the last Sunday in June, the kids are going to be taking up an offering in kids' church in order that you yourself might be able to participate, which is as important as people coming out on a Saturday and giving up their time. It's as important as your parents or your grandparents giving. This is something we should all participate in. And as you give in that offering, just know that it's about making this place better and ministry to you and to those around you better. So next Sunday, you're going to participate in that as well. Next Sunday night, the youth are going to be participating in that as well. Why? Because that's what it's about. It's about all of us participating and doing it with a joyful heart. So let's keep reading. That was just bonus. Verse 15. So Jehoiada grew old and lived many years. Then he died when he was 130 years old, which is almost as old as some of your parents. Okay? <laughs> Jehoiada grew old and lived many years. He died when he was 130 years old, which was 
older than some of the patriarchs, older than Abraham, which shows that God blessed him and was keeping him in order that he would accomplish this purpose in, in, in mentoring and fathering uh, uh, Joash. So for those of you who are getting a little old, and those of you who are wondering, I don't know how much time I have left, and you're saying, boy, it's time for me to sit back and let other people do the mentoring and let other people do the volunteering. I just have one question for you. Do you want to live to be 130 years old or not? I mean, it's in the Bible. Okay. So then he died when he was 130 years old. Verse 16. Jehoiada was buried in Jerusalem with the kings because he had done much good in Judah for God and his temple. So the Lord kept him until he was 130 years old. And then when he finally dies, he gets this incredible honor as the only non-king. See, some of the kings didn't even get to be buried with the kings. But here is this priest who at this old age, because of all he had done, they show him, and probably Joash as the king, showed this incredible honor to him in making sure that he was buried with the kings. And I wonder how many of us take the time to honor our fathers. And how many of us, kids, take the time to let our parents know that we're thankful for what they've done? I would encourage you today, even on the drive home or drive out to eat, wherever you might go after church, to take time and to tell your parents, listen, I am so thankful for what you do for me. Happy Father's Day. So he's buried with the kings of Judah as the only non-king to be buried there. He's honored unlike any priest who comes after him. Verse 17. But after Jehoiada died, the officers of Judah came and bowed down to King Joash. And he listened to them. The kings and these leaders stopped worshiping in the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Instead, they began to worship the Asherah idols and other idols. Because they did wrong, God was angry with the people of Judah and Jerusalem. So after Jehoiada passes away, then the leaders, it says, of the country come to the king. And here it says that they bowed down to King Joash. In another version, it, it, it gives very clear indication that they come to him and they're just fawning on him. And they fall down before him and say, King Joash, you're so great. Just like that. King Joash, you're so great. And you know what? Jehoiada, that entire time he was alive, he stifled you. And oh boy, I think we shouldn't just have to worship one God. I think we should be able to worship whichever God we want to worship. And Jehoiada's gone. And now Joash has to make a decision for himself. And he says, it says here that he decides to stop worshiping in the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and instead they began to worship the Asherah idols and other idols. So he did really good 
the entire time Jehoiada was alive. He does really good as king as long as Jehoiada's there along with him holding his hand. But as soon as Jehoiada's gone, then all of a sudden, he decides, oh, I think there's a better way to go at this. And he stops worshiping in the temple. You know, I was thinking about this just the other day. I love giving my kids piggyback rides. Because I'm super strong. Clara, who's the strongest person you know? Daddy. Exactly. I am the strongest person in this room right now. What, what? There is something about picking your kids up. There's something about throwing them on your back and carrying them up and down stairs. There's something about just carrying them everywhere and showing off your incredible strength. Piggyback rides. I'm so strong. And yet, I was just thinking about this. There is one place that I can never give my kid a piggyback to. Heaven. There is no such thing as a piggyback ride to the Lord. When it comes down to it, each and every person has to make the decision for themselves whether or not they're going to be a believer. And Jehoiada was a great priest. And he helped Joash through that early time in his life. And he made sure he was with him all along and made sure that he wasn't alone. He acted as a father to him, helped mature him. But when the time came and Jehoiada was gone, which, let me be super clear, kids, Pastor Caleb will not always be here as your kid's pastor. I don't have any plans to get rid of him, don't get me wrong. But he will not always be here for you. Pastor Nathan will not always be here for you. I will not always be here for you. Your parents, your grandparents cannot always be here for you. And the question is, do we make the decision for ourselves or are we instead piggybacking our faith on others? Because when there's no one else, Jesus Christ remains. When no one else can help you, Jesus Christ can help you. And so when all else is gone, what it comes down to is each and every one of us for ourselves has to make the decision to serve Jesus Christ, to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, to say, I believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that he did what he said he would do, that he died on the cross for my sins, and that God raised him from the dead, that he is Lord. Each and every one of us has to make that decision. Because when it comes down to it, if we're piggybacking on somebody else's faith, sooner or later, that person may be gone. And each and every one of us needs to make that decision for ourselves. Nobody can piggyback their way to heaven. I can't carry anybody else with me. And your parents can't carry anybody else with them. 
And that pastor you had one time can't do it for you. And this pastor who's standing on this stage cannot do it for you. Each and every one of us has to make that decision. And if we are piggybacking, in the end, it'll be revealed. Father, I 